Hello from sunny Smithville, Ohio. My name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor of Smithville Mennonite Church. And I'm excited that you're listening right now for a special message we heard at our church as we continue our mission-minded series. Christine Prilliman, the Director of Marketing and Development at the New Destiny Treatment Center, will be sharing a message titled, The Covenant of the Commandments. Now, she shares powerful biblical insights and how they apply to the mission of the New Destiny Treatment Center. Let's go into the SMC, Smithville Mennonite Church Sanctuary, right now for the message in progress. So, um, I actually brought some scripture today. And if you would take out your Bibles or your phones, we are going to go right to Exodus. And we are going to go to Exodus 20. Anybody know off the top of your heads what this is about? And the Ten Commandments. Oh, geez. So uh, I'm going to read through the verses for today and how they are part of our, you know, they were on uh, stone tablets, but they're guidestones, really, too. That's another way to look at it. So, again, Exodus 20. I better put my glasses on. Okay. All right. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live a long, may, you may live long in the land uh, the Lord is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not cover covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox, 
donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All right. You know, these, uh, these commandments, these guide stones, if you will, um, are news to a lot of the fellas that come into New Destiny Treatment Center. Um, we have a 60-bed inpatient program, and it's nine months long. You might remember that from when I was here before. 60 dudes. Can you just smell that? <laughs> Ages 18 to 65 with a myriad of addictions and coexisting mental health conditions many times. We have a full mental health department on our grounds. We have support animals. We have three dogs, two golden retrievers, and a border collie. We have drug and alcohol counselors, doctors, nurse practitioners, um, nurses, you name it. We have as much staff as we do clients for our inpatient program. So there's roughly one staff person to every inpatient. We also serve 175 outpatients, men and women. Many times these women are not only caring for their own children and trying to get sober, but half the time they're raising their siblings' children or their friends' children because they have either overdosed and perished or they are still so steeped in their addiction that they're not taking care of their children. I want to tell you a little bit about Christmas, which y'all did for all these people now I'm talking about. So we have a free Christmas shop every year. And the new toy items and blankets and hats and coats and all the goodies get donated to us. And we allow our patients, inpatients and outpatients, to come in and shop. Each child this year got a warm, snuggly blanket, a stuffed animal, hat, scarf, gloves, two toys. And they got to wrap it. Do you know some of my men have never wrapped a Christmas present for their children before? It's, it's pretty amazing. Now, I got to tell you a little bit about how these commandments, how, how we try and like kind of squeeze them in at the center. We had a little episode setting up for the Christmas store. We did. Got a new fella in. And uh, about 10 of my guys were helping me set up the tables. We have a large gymnasium. It's huge. And that's where we set up the store. And I can't watch everybody all the time. You might know where this is going. So we're setting up uh, one of the tables. And uh, it was a little more geared for teens. It had like a, some nice hats, uh, Ohio State hats and Browns hats and uh, earbuds, you know, listen to your music. And one of my gentlemen came up to me um, and he said, Miss Chris, I think that feller over there, I think he put some earbuds in his pocket. And I said, oh, no. So we, we called him over, and uh, we had security come in, and boy, I had about 10 
15 gentlemen helping me set up. And he was the only one not mad at himself. <laughs> these other gentlemen that were setting up, that were unloading these boxes, that were setting up these tables, they were trying to make doll displays so that moms could pick out nice doll babies for their kids. They couldn't believe that he would do such a thing. And they, they had security come and security said, you know, you're, you're out of here. And I said, well, just now everybody take a moment. Let's just take a breath. We're at New Destiny. We're not out in the world. This is where we learn. This is where we learn. And I said, why, why did you take those earbuds? And he said, well, I wanted them. <laughs> and I said, for yourself? And he said, well, he said, if I, if I do things right, which apparently I'm not, I get to go home for Christmas, but that might, that might not be in the works. He said, but I have a little boy and a little girl, and I thought my son would like the earbuds. And then I wasn't going to be carrying around a doll baby while we were setting up. And I said, well, the problem is you didn't communicate it. Uh, to anybody and we just need to have open communication here so you can't shop you know until you learn how to do that there there needs to be something to learn from here so we're gonna send you back to your dorm room for a little bit and uh, we're gonna figure out what to do and he left and the guys said well you know that's just shame his kids ain't getting nothing and I said really you think those kids need to pay a price heavier than an hour in your dorm room? He, he's not paying much of a price at all. I mean, he got yelled at by me. I'm the nicest person ever. They started thinking about what we could do, and do you know they went around first before we opened the store, and they picked out toys for his kids. And then they stood in a circle and they prayed over all the gifts that y'all donated and all the time that you took. And they prayed that the children that would receive them would have a somewhat normal Christmas. See, these guys, some of them haven't been home in eight months. And they get a Christmas pass. And these kids get to have something like maybe their friends either in their neighborhoods. I know we have online schooling now, but you know, when we were all in class together, don't you remember going back to school that Monday after and everybody had something for show and tell? Our people got that 200 and some children had a beautiful Christmas and they know that somebody's looking out for them and we don't mince words. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and his people looking out for them. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm such a woman. All right. So a little bit more about these, these commands, these guide stones that the Lord has given us. Let's, I'm going to go back and uh, read it properly here. Okay. You shall not commit adultery. I'm not going to go very far with this. Don't worry. Um, we got 60 men on our campus for nine months. If their behavior is good, they get passes every once in a while to go home. 
but for nine months, we have 60 red-blooded American men. And do you know that the only thing, I, I teach art class to them on Thursday nights at four o'clock, all the classes are over. I'm alone with them in the dining hall. The dining hall doesn't open up until about five o'clock. So I'm in a dining hall with anywhere from two to 20 guys. <clears throat> and when I started there, my husband was like, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this. And I said, I, Al-Qaeda could be coming down the street and these men would step in front of me. They appreciate what we do for them so much. They, they really work to realign their thinking. That's a big deal because when you have a chemical addiction, your thinking gets screwy. It really redirects even your neuro pathways, almost like an Alzheimer's patient or dementia. And you don't, you don't recover entirely from a 9, 10, 20-year addiction entirely in nine months. But we do have three trimesters of classes for a rebirth, a new life. Yes. One of the other issues that we really work to address is honor your mother and your father. So many times in addiction, when the guys come to our center, do you know that shame and guilt is one of the main reasons after? Um, so if somebody's used to using a drug for a long time, their body needs it. Their body needs it. And they'll get sick if they don't use that drug. Physically ill. Um, I think you might have heard of the uh, delirious tremens um, and detoxing from heroin. You can die from both of those. And many times people don't want to use, but they don't want to be that sick. They're afraid they'll die. So if they just do a little more, they can figure out a way out of this whole problem tomorrow. But tomorrow never really comes because addiction is like a devil. It is like a demon that grabs a hold of them. It uses our loved ones' faces, voices, and mannerisms to get what it wants. It will lie to you. It will hug you. It will cry. And do you know what? Our loved one is still in there, just like somebody that we see in those movies where somebody's possessed. And they say, I, I don't... You know, this is not me. I, I, I don't want this. That's the truth of the matter. You know, it's said a million times, nobody says I want to grow up and be a dope fiend. But we don't. They have gotten ill. So besides using not to get so ill, the next reason people continue to use is the guilt and the shame of what's been done and said to their family. And forgiveness can be a very difficult thing. Sometimes we have to draw borders. We have to lay guidelines. Sometimes we have to break communication for a while. And that's okay as friends and family of people with addiction. 
keep the line open to help people get the help they need, they can come and see me. Send them to me. I will love them. We will love them when other people aren't ready to do that quite yet again. And once these people begin to realize, and it takes a lot of doing, right? Because I have guys that would be afraid to come in here today because they think every one of you is staring at them and afraid of them. They call themselves monsters. I would leave my grandchild, my car keys, and my wallet. I've said it many times with any one of these men when they're in our program, when they're clean and sober. They are no worse, no better than anybody else. They are God's person and God wants them and these people want God. Sometimes I'll say to them, hey, you've been here a couple weeks, you feeling okay now? You getting some of those drugs out of your system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing with this whole Jesus thing we keep tossing at you? How, how you feeling about it? And a lot of them will say, ah, I'm good. My grandma used to go to church. Uh-huh. Um, did you go to church? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been in a garage? Yeah, I've been in a garage. Does that make you a car? No. Well, just being in a church doesn't make you a believer. It doesn't save your soul. And it doesn't redeem your eternity. And we start with very basic conversations like that. I mean, a lot of kids have, have, have gone to church. 6264319 is a phone number of a girl. I, I helped teach at somebody else's uh, vacation Bible school one year when I was a teeny bopper. My parents never went to church. I just happened to help one year. And one little girl could not remember her phone number. She had to learn it at VBS. I still know the phone number. But I don't, I didn't know scripture. But I had been to church, yeah. And my grandparents went, or my, so we have to really talk about these nitty gritties about the personal relationships with Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. And do you know what happens when the guys get a hold of it? They ask me, they ask me for everything. You know, gel pens, coloring books, under bridges. But they asked me to get baptized. Can you imagine what should prevent us from being baptized? We're getting ready to build a chapel on our grounds right now. We hold church service right in our um, gymnasium. And it works great. It works great. Except for now we've got kids coming. And the baby mamas are coming on Sunday. And they're bringing their kids. And the kids are getting to hear about the Lord. So we're looking for a place where we have adequate space, so we're just going to build it right on the ground. But we're going to have a baptismal right there on our grounds. There will be no wait. There will be no phone calls. There will be no right now. Um, I wish I would have gotten my act together to send you a picture. We, we had somebody loan us one of those big troughs, like you see on the farms, and we baptized some guys in the fall. <laughs> Is there anybody... Probably one of the most important other things that we have is aftercare. 
We set people up for aftercare. Nine months is a long time. We take the poorest of the poor. There's no insurance you're going to give us, uh, private insurance, that we can accept. We are a Medicaid-only facility, and most of the time we have to do the paperwork to get people on it. They've lost everything. Uh, we have men who get their GED. We have a GED readiness program. We have housing. We have employers that work with us to hire our men. We have a group that comes in from a clinic in Barberton, and they run a steadfast fathers program. 90% of my guys did not have an adult male in the home growing up. I'm not even talking about their dad, just a dude, some dude that was even just sitting there watching TV that could, you know, put out a fire. Nope, didn't have it. 90% of my guys grew up in a house without a father in it. And now they're out there procreating like you would not believe. And they got to have some skills. We got to get these guys some skills. And they take this steadfast father's class. It's like five weeks. They feel empowered. It gives them a certificate. And do you know that we have had men graduate our program? They had no visitation with their children. And now they have full custody of their children. They're raising them as single dads and doing a heck of a good job. And you know where they are today? They're at church somewhere. Yeah, they're tied in. We work to tie people into churches, too. It's a comprehensive program because it's a comprehensive demon. You know, Satan knows scripture, and he used it right to the Lord himself, face to face. And addiction will do the same. It will use any tool to get what it wants to live another day. So here's what we have to do when we're on the outside. You can't talk anybody into going to treatment. You really can't. It doesn't last. You talk about hitting people's bottom. They have to get HALTS, H-A-L-T-S. They have to get so hungry, so angry, so lonely, tired, and sick that there's nowhere else to go but help. That's where we are. We're ready for them. We get a good meal in them. We get them cleaned up. We let them detox. Most of our guys get kind of chubby. We have a lady in the kitchen named Kelly, and the guys all get the Kelly belly after they've been there for about three months. But do you know some men put on about 11 to 12 pounds in the first two weeks because they just have not eaten? They've been living anywhere, have no money, and they show up on our doors, and they tell us they're not going to stay. And many times when we graduate them, they don't want to leave. We do have an aftercare program, or part of our aftercare program is extended stay. We can hire them on temporarily. Some of the people we have there have worked with us now for three and four and five years. We have one guy that's been with us for 15 years. He went on to become a pastor. Yeah, and he went through because he was a drunk. And I'm not saying drunk. That's the way he says it. He was a drunk. There's one more scripture I, I would like to share with you. Um, and that is John in the book of John, chapter 17, 20 through 23. And you might be familiar with this. It kind of binds us all. It's 
it's Jesus asking for us all to be bound together. So 17, 20 through 23. Oh my goodness, my glasses. My prayer is not for them alone, Jesus said. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, and they may be one as we are one. In them, I in them, and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. I'm supposed to really love these guys. I'm really supposed to do it. And I do. And you know what I think? I think you guys do too. I've received nothing but a warm welcome when I come here. And people kind of remember me and they wave and you're that chick who says you combed your hair today. I never comb my hair, ever comb my hair, never. Um, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for helping them. They are my guys, I think I said it before. I tell them all, I may not be your mother-in-law, but I will always be a mother in love. They're my guys, every one of them. And thank you for making them your guys too. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this tremendous congregation, for this, this country that you've, you've allowed us to gather freely and worship. We don't have to go to church, Lord. We get to. We get to go to church on Sunday morning. Thank you, Father, that I am here, that my brothers and sisters are here. And please, for all those that couldn't be with us in the flesh, know that they are bound with us in spirit. I thank you again. I ask that you watch over each and every person here until you bring us back at the next designated hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. And as always, feel free to reach out to me, Todd Martin, at Smithville Mennonite. You can Google us or just give us a call at 330-669-3601. <clears throat> now, I'd be happy to get you a Bible or pray with you or help you with any other needs you may have. Now, let me pray for you as we conclude. Oh, Lord. Bless all those who are listening today. And if they are in need of help to find freedom in Jesus, especially from addiction, I pray that they would reach out to me, Todd Martin at Smithville Mennonite Church, or they would reach out to Christine, the person who just gave this inspiring message from New Destiny Treatment Center. Lord, bless New Destiny Treatment Center and the way they continue to show your love 
and show the way of freedom from addiction to those you love. Lord, I pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.